0: Left hand and flush over the top of Kepner.
1: Pull back, step back three.
0: Bottom Mavericks. It's short tip back and Weaver got it.
1: Yes. Neely, the handoff. Jones for the tie. Oh, no. oh he's bound and one! Presents itself with what you got to take. You can't. It's knocked away. Still loose. Doherty, the heave. Oh my god.
0: Welcome to the Straight Out
1: of Whack podcast. What's up, everybody? It is another episode of Straight Out of Whack Live on this Whack Wednesday. Here I am, me and Daryl. Daryl on my other side. <clears throat> it's been a few weeks uh since we've had this straight out of whack live show going for you here during the midday hour, Christmas time, New Year's, Merry Christmas to everybody. Happy New Year to everyone. Hopefully, it'll be a good 2024 for everyone. Um, and you had a happy holiday season. Uh, mine was pretty chill. We got to just chill here in Utah with the family, uh, but then I took a trip to Las Cruces this past weekend. Was there for the got to go to El Paso for the first time, and the Sun Bowl. Thanks Eddie Morales for uh, the credential. Bill Hardy, my good friend, uh, for going with me. And then you know was there for the New Mexico State CBU WAC Conference USA Scheduling Initiative game. It was the final game of that scheduling initiative on the men's side. Uh, Daryl, how was your Christmas and New Year, my friend?
0: Uh, not bad. Um, covered um, covered a high school tournament final. Um, watched a lot of little bits of the bowl games and a lot of college basketball.
1: Yeah, yeah, those uh, two playoff games on New Year's Day were pretty awesome. Like I know people, uh, some people hated on them, whatnot. In this, but those were awesome. Like those were good ball games, and uh, you know we got a pretty intriguing national championship game coming up between Michigan and and Washington. So I'm excited to watch that. Um, With that being said, we are back to conference play this week. Uh, We're ramping it up now. It's January. Uh, Thursday, there will be five men's games and five women's games. So every Thursday, Saturday now for the next two months, uh, I am pretty stoked that we get back to conference play now that non-conference is uh, finished let's let's break down some things from non-conference play to start off this show today this first show of 2024 uh we will be coming to you every day at between 12 one. it depends on the start time depends on uh some scheduling stuff but uh that'll be mountain time as well so every day um monday through friday and then saturday we may have some post-game wrap-up shows Uh, maybe a pregame show. We'll see how that works out depending on where I'm at, where Daryl's at, Um, but we'll go from there. So let's talk about this non-conference slate. We see, according to the WAC resume uh, system, on the men's side, GCU, I I feel like I tweeted out yesterday, they have the one seed locked up. Like, I I don't, the only way they don't, (laughs) excuse me, the only way they don't get that one seed is if they're one of those three teams that doesn't even make it to the WAC tournament in March. Like that's the only way because they're so far ahead and with every game having a point value of 1, they could stumble three or four times and still be the one seed. Like that's how big their lead is right
0: now. Yeah, the Lopes the on the men's side have gotten off to a really impressive start. I mean, I know it's only the second year of doing this system, but who hurt here's of a vote. Lead that big in, uh, you know, early part of January where we've even we're barely two games into conference play, but with a lot of the conference games in the whack being what point two point three win gain value, I mean you're right they could probably lose three four or five and afford to lose.
1: Yeah, I Still mean that- the good. the teams will get big points if they win at GCU obviously because of where the lopes are on the net and so forth. I think we saw that on the women's side last year with SFA. I I, I think they got off to such a good start. Mark Kellogg's team uh, with Jordan Harrison and those those guys, they got such a good start that even with Southern Utah winning the regular season title, nobody could catch the Lady Jacks last year. So we've seen it two years in a row now where where our team just plays so well in their non-conference slate, wins the games that maybe they weren't supposed to, um, I know they weren't favored against GC wasn't favored against Liberty or San Diego State and they won both those games um, So they've earned That right they've earned that With the way the seating system set up Ken Palm has them predicted To win every game from here on out uh, There's a comment Here Crystal Mullen hello I love your interactions love your Support we appreciate it uh, Hope you had a happy new year Um, But that's the thing. That's the difference between this year and last year. You know, some of the other teams haven't had those quality wins that could have pushed them a little bit closer and closed that gap for that. You know, those top two seeds. Seattle U has been better uh, down the stretch here of Donna conference play. Um, ACU's played a little bit better, but it's just I, I think the Wolves already have it locked up, and we only played two conference games. Um, because of what they de- did in their non-conference schedule, it's closer on the women's side though. That's a good, that's a good news. It's closer on the women's side, despite what CBU's done in their non-conference slate.
0: It is, and that you know that GCU win over Middle Tennessee on Saturday really helped close up that gap. Otherwise, you know it would be a, not quite what the men's margin is, but pretty similar. I think it's, yeah. what did I say it was yesterday? It's like one point two points, and that's you can get one point two points.
1: Yep. Yeah, it is. I'm going to look it up here just to be sure. Um, You did tweet it out yesterday. But we're looking at the WAC resume seating system real quick, just kind of where everybody stands. And right now on the women's side, uh, California Baptist at 10-1 and holds a 1.20 lead in the points for the one seat over Grand Canyon. And here's the thing. I think on the women's side, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, getting those top two seeds will be significant, right? And I, I, unless something drastic happens in conference play, again, this is one of those things, I think California Baptist and Canyon are going to finish one, two. Uh, the, I don't know who will be the regular season champ, but they're going to be the top two seeds, unless SFA pulls something out of their hat throughout conference play. But the lead after SFA for the rest of the WAC is still significant. Like – UT Arlington, they have four wins, but they're in—they're the four seed right now if we were to start the WAC tournament just because of the quality of their wins, right? Like, oh, this is going to be a wild, wild next two months, two and a half months. I'm so excited for it.
0: Oh, yeah. And uh, Sharika Wright's team is rounding into form at the right time, it sounds like. Um, nice win over New Mexico State. Close win over New Mexico State on Saturday. That was a one-point barn burner. and Yep. I don't know if we'll get to the final day of the Wax USA initiative, some of those games, but that was probably the best game of the slate, you know, in terms of competitiveness. GCU was in control against Middle 10. You know, they led for 37 minutes against a team yeah. that's made it to the NCAA tournament. Yep. I think it's like four times in the last decade, five times in the last decade. Yeah. And a team that has a win over Tennessee this year.
1: I, so I think GCU, the start that they got off the women's team, Molly Miller's team, I think it was a little bit of a struggle. And we all had questions like, is this going to be another one of those years where they win a lot of games or they win games and then they lose games that maybe they should have won so forth. Like the offense got off to a slow start, even though Nadia Evans hit buzzer beaters to win games. um, But they played well in December. Like they played really well. In December, that middle Tennessee game was a stamp on their non conference slate. Um, I, I it's gonna be fun to watch. I'm I want to go to the schedule real quick and see. Um, so I mean, we have to wait till is that right, February? Yeah, so we have to wait till February, February 17th until we get to see California Baptist versus Grand Canyon. Um, that game on February 17th is in Riverside, and then they finish up the regular season on March 9th in Phoenix. So that game, I've, we'll see how it plays out, but those two games could decide the one and two seeds for the WAC tournament in March.
0: Well, it most definitely could, and let's not you know discount SFA either. Um, yep nice win before the holiday break against Austin um, P. when they had to rally from a nice deficit to get Um, Tyler McClemmick call scored her 500th career point in that game. Yep. So congratulations, Tyler. Um, But I think that was one that the Lady Jacks really needed because they had lost three straight before that game, Alabama, middle 10. And I can't remember who the other one was, but, oh, a Troy.
1: Yeah. Yep. No, Leonard. Leonard Bishop has this team playing well too. Like they've they've won some games they probably shouldn't have. Um, they scored hundred points twice, sure against non-division one opponents. <clears throat> but either way, they've been playing well down the stretch here as they get ready to host UTRGV on Thursday uh, before heading to UT Arlington facing former Lady Jack Avery Brittingham on Saturday. So uh, some big games coming up there. We're going to talk a little bit more about the seating system um, right after this little 30-second break, so stick with us. All right, we're back on this episode, this WAC Wednesday episode of the Straight Out of Whack live show. Daryl with me, um, who covers a lot of women's basketball in this league. He was tweeting out a lot over the break uh, for women's basketball games, even some men's games when I was busy with family stuff. So uh, give him a shout out. Anyways, before I get into the Whack resume seating system, I want to just throw this out there if you haven't already seen it. Uh, we have a promo code, WackHoopsNation. If you go to seatgeek.com or the SeatGeek app, purchase your tickets to events, basketball games, football games, baseball games, uh, concerts and so forth, you get if you use the code WackHoopsNation, you'll get $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek. Um so go ahead and use that promo code WackHoopsNation to get $20 off your first purchase of $50 or more for tickets to events. Um, As well as that, we're also offering a subscription uh, discount right now to our Substack. You can get a monthly subscription or a yearly subscription for 50% off. So instead of $8 a month, you get it for $4 a month. Instead of $80 a year, you get it for $40 per year. You just go to our Substack page, wackoopsnation.substack.com and Sign up for a paid subscription. That will go for 12, that will go for the next year. So from January 4th to January 4th, 2024, get 50% off your subscription. We're going to put some stuff behind paywalls now. Um, some feature stories and some other in-depth stories. I put one out about the seating system today. Uh, so go ahead and subscribe. And if you want to be a, become a free subscriber, so you get the newsletter three to five times per week in your inbox, go ahead and do that as well. Anyways, on to the WAC resume seating system. I don't know if you read that article I sent you, Daryl, about that Ken Palm wrote. Did you read that? Did you have a chance um, to
0: look at that? Not yet.
1: Okay. So I got this sent today by my good friend Bill Hardy. I I don't know why I'm not subscribed to Ken Palm's Substack page. Um, but it's called a salute to the West. <laughs> Excuse me, guys. I've been under the weather a little bit here. Um, but it's called a salute to the whack resume seating system. And it goes on and on about um, how this is a good thing, even though there was a lot of criticism about it from people last year. Uh, I have mixed thoughts about this seating system. Um, I put out some polls, put one out on Twitter today, put one out on Instagram as well. I like that it challenges teams to put together more competitive non-conference schedules. That it challenges teams to avoid non-division one teams and it challenges you to go out and get quality non-conference games, right? As of as it stands right now, though, the WAC only gets nine non-conference games that aren't kind of forced on them because of the two WAC Conference USA games, right? So they get 11 non-commerce games. Nine of them are what they get to choose and how they get to you know, go with that. My other issue is that teams like California Baptist and teams like Grand Canyon who have resources that they can have more home games. They could pay teams to come to Riverside or Phoenix compared to the UTRGVs, the SFAs, the Utah Valleys, Southern Utah is where they can't pay to have more home games, right? There's a little bit of an unbalance there. The other thing is, you know, depending on the MTE, you know, who do you get to play in the in your MTEs? Um, so there's a lot of imbalance there, right? And that's not just on the men's side; that's on the women's side too. So. I, I like that there's an emphasis on the whole resume, the whole scope of work, right? I love that there's an emphasis on non conference games. I do take a little bit of an issue, and I'll use Utah Valley for example. Their men's team uh, went, if I remember right, I had it written down here. After a two and three start, which included the loss to Morgan State. Uh, in Jamaica last year, Utah Valley finished the regular season twenty four and seven. So, technically, no, they were they were twenty four and seven. So they went twenty two and four from November seventeenth on. <clears throat> but according to this article from Ken Palm, and I said this in my article that I wrote. How is it that a loss in November kept Utah Valley, who had wins at BYU, who had wins over Long Beach State, who had wins at Oregon, who had a win over Sam Houston and won the whack? how is it that they didn't get the one seed because of a loss in November? That's that's where my problem lies, okay? Uh, Crystal, I'll answer your question, sorry. MTE is a multi-team event. So those, like, tournaments that happen in November around Thanksgiving week. Um, GCU kind of played in theirs uh, in the Arizona tip-off. Um, who was it? that SFA was in the Cayman Islands Classic. Uh, so there's teams go to those each year. Anyways, that's where my problem lies, is I know that there's such an emphasis put on non-conference scheduling in this seating system. I would love to see a little bit more emphasis added for what happens in conference play now, especially that we have a balanced schedule where everybody plays everybody twice. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, I agree with the, uh, you know, more emphasis on what happens in conference play. and. Next year, when the non-D1 limit goes to one, I'm really curious to see how teams replace the spots that they were filling those non-D1s with. Are we going to see more of our teams host MTEs next year? Um, Are we going to see more teams use MTEs to fill their spots instead of just one-offs at home and homes? Um, I mean... We we had two teams that went over the non-D one limit this year. Abilene Christian on the women's side and Tarleton right on the men's went over yeah. the non-D one limit.
1: Yep. Yeah. And it, you know, the interesting thing interesting thing is is Tarleton's still on the two seed, even with that half point um deduction that they got for playing three non division ones. So, I mean, there's there's they're they have point four three points, which is ahead of Seattle U and SFA and so forth, but um, you know, it, it could come into play down the stretch. I uh, talking to coaches around the league, it's so hard to schedule because team, they're 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 not a quad two, they're not a quad one. Most of the whack teams are quad three, quad four, right? And so it doesn't necessarily benefit a team to go play a WAC team at their home gym. I mean, for you for GCU, yeah, it might. Uh, you know, teams get a benefit from there because it could be a quad one win with where they're ranked in the net. But it doesn't benefit because if they win, well, you know, then it's just a road win. Though it's a notch in the belt. If they lose, though, it hurts them more than it helps them. So it's so hard for these teams to get quality home games. It, you know, some of the like the the San Diego State game for GCU this year was a return game from the Dan Marley era, okay? It wasn't like they reached out and said, hey, we're, we want to schedule you guys this year. We want you to come to Phoenix. No, that's just a return game. Uh, Louisiana Tech going to SFA. That was a return game from last year for the for the Jacks.
0: Portland uh, going so, to SFA on the women's side was a return game.
1: Right. So it, it's so, you know, unless teams are willing to schedule home and homes, you know, and go on the road first, it's going to be a struggle for teams to schedule and they all want home games. That's the, that's the key part. I know that I've been told this by multiple coaches. We want home games. Okay. I get it. I totally do. Everybody wants a home game. How, like you said, when it goes down to one non D one game allowed next year, how is that going to affect teams that struggle to get home games? I'm very interested in the other thing that I think that, that, <clears throat> Let's say that Tarleton finishes with a similar record to GCU and WAC play. They still could be the two seed and here are the three seed. They could be on the outside looking in, even though they finished with the same record as GCU or tied for the regular season title. Those three non division one games where they didn't get any points could come into play right there. Whereas another school who didn't play non-D1s or played just one could have more points because they played fewer non-Division 1 teams. That's that's the intrigue in the seating system, like, scheduling-wise. Like, are you willing to take the chance of not getting any points at all versus the chance of winning or losing a ball game that could impact the points? Like, it, it's... Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. I... I I have mixed emotions, mixed feelings about the seating system. I think it's good in theory. I love that challenges teams to schedule more competitive, non-conference slates. I love that every game counts. I just have a hard time with the fact that we played two conference games and basically on the men's side, the one seat is already locked up. Like, what does that tell the other teams? Like, what are we playing for? Right? Like, that. that's, that's hard for me to wrap my head around. Um, you know, they're still playing for a regular season title and a ring. But as we saw last year on both the men and the women's side, the regular season champion was not the one seed. And I think that makes a lot of people scratch their head, if that makes sense. Now, I know that the justification is, well, this is how the NCA tournament does it. They get everybody, you know, eligible, the teams that are eligible for the NCA tournament, they put them into a hat or whatever, and they seed them according to their body of work. That's what the WAC is trying to do, is seed everybody according to their body of work. I get it. Um, I just don't know if that's terribly beneficial for a one-bid league, if that makes sense especially one where last year the the one and two seeds didn't even win the WAC tournament. The five seed did in GCU. So a lot of mixed emotions and mixed feelings about the seating system.
0: Yeah. I mean, you made all the arguments right there. I mean, especially the one where, it's, you know, you have the GCUs and the CBUs who can afford to bring teams in for MTEs and, you know, home and homes and whatnot um, versus everybody else. You may have to go play a bye game or two.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very interesting. Um, and I think there's going to be a lot of debate as the season goes along. Um, I, I, I think it'll be more so for those two, three, four spots. Like who's going to come out on top because this league is about to cannibalize itself outside of GCU and maybe even some teams get the best of GCU men this year. On the women's side, I think it's gonna be the same thing. I think it's gonna be a league that cannibalizes itself because there's there's a lot of depth on the women's side this year. Um, despite what CBU's done, despite what GCU's done. You know, we've seen ACU play well, we've seen SFA play well. Um, you know, UT Arlington is playing better. So there's a there Utah Tech is right there too, you know, and, and Bill Brock's Tarleton squad that's what I love about the next two and a half months is this league is going to both on both the men's and the women's side. It's going to show just how deep and how good it is.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look at the fact that um, we, we, ha- we had at one point three teams in the college insider top 25 on the women's side um, with this week's poll, it goes down to two as SFA dropped out of the receiving votes um, category um, and C CBU is just holding on to the top twenty-five right now.
1: Yep. Yeah, and that's crazy because they're uh, they've, they're what twelve and one, if I remember right. Ten and one. Ten and one overall. Like that's crazy. Like it's just crazy that they're on the fringe of a mid-major poll, even though they have played really well. So um, against
0: a pretty good schedule. Yeah, albeit all West Coast, but still.
1: It just tells me that not enough people have seen the CBU women's basketball team play. And they should. You you really should. Like all Jared Olson does is win. Okay. So let's 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 talk about that for real quick. So 2020-21, the Lancer women went undefeated through the regular season, rolled through the WAC tournament, you know, and they weren't eligible for the NCAA tournament. So they went and played in the WNIT. And that was where they suffered their only loss that season. Right? To rise um, in a regional semifinal. Yeah, in a regional semifinal. Uh, last year, even though I don't think anybody expected him to, the Lancers went to the made it to the WAC tournament title game. Uh, they just didn't have the size to match up with Southern Utah. And then they won the WBI. Like, Jared Olson has won, like, 70% of his games as a head coach at CBU. And what was it? It was four, number 400 this year that he picked up, yeah. right? Uh, in that win over Pepperdine, that he, yeah, he showed a lot of emotion that day in that win. So this guy can coach, okay? People don't, I don't think, give him enough credit because the Lancers are just quietly winning. Like, they're just can constantly winning. The brand isn't huge, right? CBU brand isn't huge. Not like a GCU. Um, And Molly Miller continues to win, too. So, oh man i I and Jared Olson has roster turnover every single year. His best player from last year is now at Grand Canyon, so oh, yeah, it i yeah it, it's gonna be a fun women's race, uh just like it was with the men last year. I know we've talked a lot about women's basketball in this show today, but rightfully so, we need to give a lot of credit um to where it's due uh, because the whack is. Is pretty. I, I like the depth on the women's side this year, and I don't know that we all saw that coming.
0: No, I mean, and, and even though we lost the wax USA initiative on the women's side, it was an 11 7 final for in favor of CUSA. There were three games decided by two possessions or less of those seven losses, yeah. So we're proving we can hang with CUSA.
1: Um, yeah. well, we- speaking of speaking of that WAX USA scheduling initiative, I really hope they market the crap out of that thing next year. Like, I really do. From Me what do. I was told, the teams are going to play, the WAC teams, at least on the men's side, are going to host a game in November on the same day or the same, like, weekend altogether. And then on the women's side, or not on the women's side, then in December, the CUSA teams are going to host the game on, like, the same day, same weekend, you know, um, little bundle there. I like that. And you need to market that because this series on both sides, men's and women's, was so good. I think on the men's side, I was doing the math the other day. Um, We had four overtime games. Road teams won like six of the games, seven of the games. And there was only one, two, three, maybe four blowouts out of 18 games between the WAC, Commerce USA teams.
0: Yeah, the the women's side, it was pretty similar. It was like 10.4-point margin of victory. I think two really what you would call blowouts, Louisiana Tech blowing out CBU in Ruston and um, Stephen F. Austin getting blown out by Middle Tennessee State in Murfreesboro. But other than that, you had games that came down to – oh, and uh, New Mexico State blowing out Utah Valley, so three. But – other than that it was a really good slate of games and i'm i'm really happy they came up with the idea it just does need to be marketed better on a national level
1: yep and next year there'll be nine uh there'll be uh, what do we have uh there'll be 10 games or 10 teams in both leagues so 20 games next year um with the home and homes right so yeah, I think it needs to be marketed more. I think it needs marketed better. Marketed better, you know. Why not call it the WAC Conference USA Challenge? That's that's WAC exactly is. it is. Have a trophy for the winner that goes in the conference office. Like that's what the Big Ten, uh, ACC Challenge does, or the Big Twelve SEC. Like make it worth its while. Like this was a fantastic year to show how competitive both leagues are and how. Similar, both leagues are as well to one another. So, and in the Ken Pump standings, they're right next to each other at 13 and 14. So, like, it's perfect. Like, just market it better and put some of the bigger games or find a way to get some of the bigger games on the ESPN linear family of networks or, you know, CBS Sports, something to that effect. Like, just do it. Like, I know I'm pretty demanding with that, but it's like I was at a lot of these games. I saw what was going on with a lot of these games, and they were fantastic. It was fantastic basketball, even though CBU shot like garbage on Saturday against New Mexico State, but still, you know, it's just one of those things that it needs to be marketed better. Oh, don't get me going on this. That That's a topic. We'll We'll come back in 30 seconds. We're going to talk about – whack play getting back underway what we kind of expect what we're looking forward to and uh you know wrap it up a little bit We're back on this Whack Wednesday episode of the Straight Out of Whack Live Show. Daryl Trujillo from Riverside, and I am in Utah. Uh, it's, it's a little chilly here, and the air is awful here. I don't know how bad it is out there, but the air is awful here in Utah right now.
0: It's a little chilly here. I think it rained this morning. Um, nice, it's still a little bit overcast, um, but yeah, it should be a nice weekend. Um, Good thing for me because I have a high school game on Friday to cover and uh, waiting on a Saturday game.
1: <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. All right, let's talk about these whack games coming up. I am excited. WAC play resumes after a month-long hiatus. Uh, we had two games, one game late November and then one game in early December uh, to get in the 20 – or the – yeah, the 20-game conference schedule. Excuse me. Um, on the men's side, we start off really early – on Thursday, uh, a rare noon central time tip when Stephen, Aust- Stephen F. Austin goes to UTRGV. I asked Jonah Goldberg, the SID at UTRGV, about it. I need to find my message here. Yeah, I asked them about it. Uh, they just said they're trying something different. Most of the public schools are still on break this week. Uh, so they're also doing a faculty-staff promotion in which they sent out an excuse note from Matt Fieger to get an extended lunch break uh, because this faculty and staff get free admission. Um, And they're also inviting winter Texans, like the snowbirds out uh, to come to the ball game. So that's why they're playing it so early. Um, So we get off right bright and early. Like it's 11 PM or 11 AM tip off for me, noon uh, central time tip off for, you know, SFA fans and UTRGV fans and other WAC fans and college basketball fans. So I don't know if we have that on the women's side. Do we have that on the women's side?
0: I don't believe so. I believe all of our tip-offs tomorrow are in the traditional windows. Yeah, Six, P-
1: 6 p.m. Central Tarleton at UT Arlington, 6.30 UTRGV at Stephen F. Austin. That's Those are central times. And then 7 p.m., uh, well, 6 p.m. Mountain Time for Southern Utah at Grand Canyon, and then 6 p.m. 7 p.m. for Utah Valley at CBU that's Mountain Time, and 7 p.m. Mountain Time for CLU at Utah Tech. So, let's talk about Thursday. We'll break down the Thursday games a little bit more tomorrow on this show. Um, but let's talk about maybe a game you're looking forward to on the women's side, or maybe a matchup you're looking forward to seeing. Uh, what goes down?
0: Um, I think for me tomorrow, I want to see how GCU follows up that win over Middle Tennessee State. They did get hit with a little bit of the injury bug at the end of that one. So, A, I want to see if the Lopes are at full strength. B, how, how fired up they are for Southern Utah, who ended their season last year. And, you know, how will Tracy Mason's squad respond to the resumption of WAC play? They, they lost by like 20 at UTEP in their finale of the waxy usa initiative um but the t-birds are you know had a nice win over new mexico over the holiday break um i think we just want to see if they can put it together for 40 minutes
1: yeah yeah sorry crystal My my dslr camera sometimes goes out it might get too hot so i apologize to everybody that was watching uh now i'm on my laptop camera that's not great doesn't have great angle but uh feels like it's looking up my nose. It's kind of annoying. Anyways, um, yeah, so on the men's side, I think this is a tough one for me. I think the big one is UT Arlington at Tarleton State um, at 7 p.m. Central in Wisdom Gym. Tarleton's coming off that win over LMU uh, to end non-conference play. UT Arlington has kind of been hit or miss so far. Um, they played well at New Mexico, but then got blown up by Arizona. They played well at Grand Canyon, but before falling late, uh, they beat Air Force, and they've lost three straight. But, I mean, they lost at Texas Tech, at North Texas, and then they lost at number 21, Texas, on New Year's Day. So um, I think this might be a game that could, uh, what I want to say? be a, a, a potential deciding game for the two seed. Uh, and I say that because I think UT Arlington is gonna make a run in this league this year now that Philip Russell is eligible and they shoot the lights out sometimes. So if they get hot, watch out. Tarleton is Tarleton. They play hard. They get after things. They have scores in Lou Williams to Smith. Keandre Gaddy is playing really good basketball. Um, and we know how hard they play especially on the defensive end. So I think that's a game I'm looking forward to. I think I think that could very well have a significant impact on who gets the 2 seed in March. And I know it's way early to talk about that. And I know Seattle U is probably listening in and like this guy's not doesn't know what he's talking about. Guys, I think Seattle U is going to be in the mix. So I think this game, this UT Arlington at Tarleton game, will play a significant role depending on how things play out throughout the next two and a half months. Um, but I really like that ball game, and and it's going to go down in—I don't want to say West Texas, more like Central Texas at Wisdom Gym. I was at Wisdom Gym a couple of weeks ago. It'll be a fun game to watch tomorrow. That's all I'll say about that. And we'll break it down a little bit more tomorrow on the show. Um, is there another game that sticks out to you, or maybe a matchup you want to see
0: from tomorrow night's slate? Um, that UTA uh, Tarleton game kind of has my eye. Also, um, can Sharika Wright's bunch keep that winning streak going? Um, Bill Brock's team um got a nice win at Texas Southern over the break. Um, Faith Acker won the Player of the Week and the newcomer awards, um, yep. which it seems. For the second time in three weeks, Tarleton sweeps the awards. DeCoria Long got it uh, that week that they beat McNeese at McNeese. Yep. Um, That's another one. You know, you have Acker who's playing well. You have Long. Uh, Can the Texans string together enough points to keep up with UTA? Because we've seen that UTA offense against ACU played pretty well. They scored enough points to win that game. Yep. They just could not get a stop against ACU. Um, and then can Sharika Wright's bunch string together enough stops? Because we know they'll score enough points offensively. Can they string enough stops together to win that game?
1: Yep, yep, very true. Um, On the men's side, there is the WAC tournament title game rematch between Grand Canyon and Southern Utah. I have a tough time with this one, not because it's not a big game and whatnot, because it's in Cedar City, So, and it's Rob Jeter's, you know, one his third whack game, you know, because they've already played twice, their own two right now. Um, but it's it's not the same game that it was in March. Uh Todd Simon's not there. Utah or southern Utah had entire roster turnover outside of Parsifala, Braden Housley, um, and Zion Young, and Braden Housley redshirt. So he didn't even play the game in that title game last year. Um and it's one of those few true road tests that GCU has had so far this this early season. So that gives a little intrigue, but, you know, this is a game, if GCU really wants to make that statement that they deserve an at-large bid, they have to win by double figures. Like, I know people say, well, it's conference play, it's on the road. No, they're expected to win by double figures, according to Ken Palm. They have to win games that they're expected to win by double figures, by double figures. Period, um, and then there's one other matchup I I mentioned today on Twitter: Dominic Daniels Jr. from California Baptist against Jaden McClanahan of Utah Valley tomorrow night in Orm. I'll be there at that at the UCC Center. I like that matchup. Two quick small guards, left-handed. Uh, I have a bias towards left-handed people because I am left-handed, and both can just beat people off the dribble. Both have, like I said, have eyes in the back of their head with some of the passes they make. Dominic Daniels gets up a little bit higher than Jaden McClanahan does. Um, but I'm excited to see this, this small, these two small quick point guards go at each other throw night Norum. So um, it's gonna be a fun one. Anyways, uh, what are your predictions for this week of whack play, Daryl? Um I know we'll get into the games more in Thursday, Friday, and so forth, but yeah, you know, let's let's throw a, a couple of predictions before we end this this episode of the Straight Out Whack Live Show.
0: I think we'll see a pretty good slate of games. I think we'll see a lot of the these twelve games this week. You know, come down to the wall. Um, fourth quarter. Um, I I just there's a funny feeling I have about you know that first game back from holiday break, especially like if you're your sFA you played a non- d one in un uh, da- UN Dallas unt Dallas um, you know a lot of teams have been idle for ten or twelve days from game action CBU's been idle for ten days, I believe it is coming back to and they come back to Utah Valley at home um, how will the idle time and the break play itself out over this week? Um, how quickly will teams find their footing? That's what I'm interested to see.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, I don't know what to expect. I I it's such a, a toss. I mean, Utah Tech is at Seattle U on the men's side tomorrow night at the Red Hawk Center. Utah Tech's 2 0 and whack play. And they've had some bad losses since that time, but they beat Utah Valley, they beat they won at CBU. Can they keep that rolling? Can John Judkins' crew just messy up everything um in the you know in the whack with, with another win over a Red Hawk team that's playing better? Right, Utah. Excuse me, guys. Utah can at Tarleton, like that's that's the game of the night. If I'm being honest, that is the game of the night, right there. Grand Canyon at Southern Utah, the title game rematch. Um, CBU at Utah Valley, another game where two teams that. I don't think they've played their best basketball yet this year, so we'll see how that plays out. SFA, UTRGV, it's an early tip-off. Who knows what can happen in those kind of games. Um, Gosh, it's just going to be so much fun, so much fun. All those games are on ESPN Plus tomorrow as well um, and on the women's side as well. So, uh, guys, remember, if you want to get tickets to a basketball game, a football game, any kind of event, go through SeatGeek, com Or get the seat geek app and use the promo code WACHOOPSNATION to get $20 off your first order or first purchase of tickets that are over $50. Um, we appreciate the support. Go to our Substack page. Make sure you subscribe. Uh, again, we have a 50% off conference discount, I guess you could say, conference play discount, uh, where you get 50% off your monthly or your yearly subscription. So you get $4 a month or forty dollars for a full year and then i'll renew after 12 months so anyways daryl any last thoughts as we end this straight out whack live show for this whack wednesday
0: no not. it's nice to get back to whack play um i'm hoping to travel a little bit more during the 2024 season depending on some certain things um but yeah it, it's an exciting time to get back to conference play um and I'm excited to see how the rest of this race plays itself out.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Everybody, enjoy the rest of your whack Wednesday, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Straight Out of Whack Live Show. Thanks for listening to the Straight Out of Whack Podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other podcasting platforms. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Remember to follow Wack Hoops Nation
0: on all your favorite social media platforms.